What's up, everybody? I'm Brian Barrett, former Boston sports radio guy and now host of the new Ringer show, Off the Pike, that'll cover your favorite Boston teams and stories from Fenway to Foxborough to the Garden and beyond. We're reacting to all the biggest games and moments with episodes at least three times a week featuring myself and some of your favorite guests at the Ringer and in the city. Plus, if the Celtics or the Pats make a surprise trade, if the Red Sox go on a run, or if any news breaks, we'll drop bonus instant reaction episodes too, so you're always up to date with the latest chatter. Get in on the action and follow Off the Pike with me, Brian Barrett, now on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Morolbeck. We are going through our must-add players after week seven. Here's how this works. We're going to go position by position. We're going to all pick our top player that we would take at each position. And like real waivers, only one person gets them. So we'll fight and do trivia over them. And hopefully just the process of us picking one, two, three, and beyond that in our order helps you figure out how to prioritize who you want. This is a huge week for injuries. This is crazy because Brees Hall, the Jets running back, torn ACL out for the season. DK Metcalf hurt his patellar tendon. I don't know. Doesn't need surgery, but he's hurt. Charger, Mike Williams, receiver for the Chargers, has a sprained ankle, possibly a high ankle sprain. David Njoku, the Browns tight end, does have a high ankle sprain. Monroe St. Brown has a concussion. A lot of guys got hurt. So I feel like this week is actually even more important than usual. Yeah. And it's also more confusing than ever. So that's going to be really fun. I, I feel like, I wonder <laughs> if we're going to have any trivia this week. It's going to be interesting. Oh. And we didn't even mention, obviously, Christian McCaffrey got traded last week. So we got this Panther running backs to kind of sort through. And then the Chiefs and the Chargers are on by. So obviously, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, the disaster that is the Kansas City backfield, Kelsey, all that jazz. So without further ado, looking at running back, obviously, because Brees Hall, the Jets running back is hurt. And well, he's out for the season. Michael Carter, the Jets guy, if he's out there, I think we all agree, like, get Michael Carter. But we're just going to assume for our purposes that Michael Carter is not available on your waiver. So we're going to take him out of this exercise. Yeah. And we're just yeah. going to look at guys that are like 40-ish percent rostered ESPN or Yahoo. With that said, DK, take Michael Carter out of this equation. Who is your number one running back that you would add on waivers after week seven? So there's like four guys that I really debated here between. Um, I'm going to go with Deontay Foreman for the Panthers, who he's, wow. run, he's a little bit above the threshold on Yahoo, but below on ESPN. If he's out there, I think he's definitely worth adding. He had 15 carries, 118 yards, added a couple catches. Basically led the way for the Panthers with CMC out. Um, he's going to have to split carries and, you know, split responsibilities with Chuba Hubbard, and that's going to probably be a bit of a thorn in his side. But Hubbard got banged up in this last week, so maybe that'll mean a little bit more of a, you know, he'll be the lead back for him, or Hubbard will be the backup. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, right now, he to me is looking like the guy that's probably going to get the most volume. So I'm going with him. I'm curious why you picked him over Hubbard. Hubbard started and played more snaps until the ankle injury. And they said he could Schefter reported that that Chuba would have could have returned if needed. Yeah, I think he's better. Both of these guys, I think it's going to be a pretty 50-50 split. It's like the Patriots. It's like whether you're talking about David Harris or Roger Stevenson. I'm just going with the guy whose eye test to me looked better. And I, I'm going with Deontay Foreman. So it is, it is close, and all the other guys on this list that I have are basically in pretty similar timeshares, so that was kind of like just the edge I got. I agree with DK. I actually do think Deontay Foreman's just straight up better than Chuba Hubbard, which is weird because Hubbard's like younger, and Foreman had like, what, two different Achilles tears? And he just looks better. I think Panthers fans always kind of yell about how Chuba Hubbard can't break tackles. I don't know. I agree with you. I would take Foreman over Hubbard, but I actually 
after a lot of waffling, I didn't put him first. I actually took Gus yeah. Edwards first. He was the Ravens running back. He was like a hair below. I mean, it's like really, really close between those two. I think those two would be the top, like clear cut top two guys. Yeah. I'm taking Gus. He's just, Gus is like rotating in because J.K. Dobbins, the starter, got put on injured reserve. So we get at least three more weeks where J.K. Dobbins is out. And Gus just looks better. Like, I know oh, Kenyon Drake looked shifty. Remember that Kenyon Drake's best run against the Giants a couple weeks ago? There were literally 10 guys in the field. I think Gus got the start. He got, like, slightly more playing time. But the way that the Panthers just looked really good without McCaffrey, right? It was Foreman and Hubbard running. It's because the Bucks' run D suddenly sucks. It went from, like, the best run D in the NFL to bad. The Ravens play the Bucks in Thursday Night Football. So I kind of think Gus actually is, like, a really good, like, Plug and play. Right. If you're able to get Gus Edwards from waivers and put him in flex, I mean, I think he's actually like a really he doesn't doesn't catch passes, Nick Chubb syndrome, but he's a good option. Craig, who did you have first? I went with Gus Edwards as well. I mean, it's 16 carries, 66 yards, two touchdowns last week. I also think he's easily the best of any of these available guys. The rest of the crop of dudes that we're talking about here are career backups. And Gus, in my opinion, is like a starting caliber running back. And if J.K. Dobbins and Gus were healthy, like they would split carries similar to how they did last year. Gus is really good. And I think he's probably going to take on more of that lead role as the season goes on. He's just coming back from an injury. So I think that's why it was more of a three-headed backfield with Kenyon Drake and Justice Hill. But like, I think Edwards is locked and loaded as like a, a top 24 guy moving forward. Okay, so Craig and I do the Gus Edwards showdown time here. Yeah, DK, you're the trivia masters. Okay, I'm going to do the trivia this week. This one is... Wait, wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I can't believe you disrespected <laughs> showdown time. It is the Gus Edwards. DK? Yeah, hands up. Gus Edwards showdown time. <laughs> Jesse, <laughs> Jesse's Jesse. in, the, in the Zoom thing, like, chat, putting his arms up. All right. This is one. This one's from Alex. 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 On the last Winners and Losers episode, so the Sunday night episode, there was a funny bit at the end where Heifetz mistakenly stated he knew every U.S. postal code as a child. <laughs> Some kind of savant. Uh, with that being said, how many U.S. postal zip codes are there? Oh, so you want me to name all of them? Because I can. Do them in order. Yeah. Well, that would actually be really easy. All right. So I could be, I could be so off on this. I have no idea. Wait. It never even occurred to me. If, is there a 00001? I doubt it. Well, I don't, you know, maybe there is. Maybe there's. Wait, is that just the answer? Wait, can we ask one question? Heifetz. 10,000? Is that Heifetz, the answer? What's your zip code where you are right now? Uh, starts, it starts with a two. What was it growing up in New York? A one. DK, what was yours in Washington? Nine. What is yours? Nine. I'm nine oh, as well. Oh, he's on the West Coast. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go 10,000. I know, doc, right? right? I Am I doing, I'm so afraid of the people making fun of, right? There's five, there's 10,000. Is that how many there would be? Part no. of me kind of thinks that's right. No, it's way more than that. Oh my God, this is so embarrassing. This is so embarrassing. I was thinking that as well, Heifetz. Just like, if I'm 90032, does that mean that's the 9032nd zip code? <laughs> Wait, this I'm not an idiot, right? Like 9999, like, and then one beyond that, like, would be 10,000? So many people are screaming at us listening right now that we're doing this wrong. Because nobody has a zip code that's six digits, right? I don't. Well, no, you know when you fill it in on Amazon or whatever, like an and they're like, oh, no, <laughs> that address was wrong. Like, you need to send it like this way. And they add in those four digits. And I'm like, I don't actually know what those are. Oh, yeah. Mm. I never know what those are. I never know what those are. I don't either. think anybody knows. I don't. That's <laughs> because there's more than 10,000. I'm going to go way know. more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do 55,000. <laughs> okay. Yeah. DK, what's the answer? 55,000. <laughs> like I don't know. You can believe me. What did you say? I said 10,000. Okay. Because I 999, I don't know. Craig's way closer. It is 41,683, yeah, which makes sense. makes sense. Like I said before, I live in a small town and there's like three or four zip codes here. Like, think about how many towns there are in the fucking country. So, yeah, it definitely makes sense. I have no idea how they work. I'd love to know. <laughs> Am I crazy for thinking that? 10,000 was exactly correct. Am I, I thought that yes. as well, but then I was like, there's just, there's too many cities in state. Like, there's just, there's, yeah, I don't know. There's, like DK said, there's like five in my little area. If anyone knows what those four digits are after your zip code, emails at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. Oh, okay. by the way, Craig, before we get... move on, before we move on, Alex notes. Oh. Also, 
I found a story by NPR about a guy whose street performance is actually memorizing thousands of postal codes and guessing the codes <laughs> of random passerbys. That's creepy. That's, I that's guess Heifetz's next career. That's my party trick. Okay, Craig, you get Gus Edwards, DK, you get Deontay Foreman. Oh, I kind of get the short end of the shifter. Uh, if I had to get someone to play this week, like I needed someone to play on bye for me, it's a little tough because I would definitely consider Tyler Algier yeah. rookie running back for the Falcons because, again, he just keeps getting like 15 or 16 carries. Well, in and these we games. learned that when the Falcons get killed, they still run the ball. He got 16 carries last week. They were down by 15 points half the game. So pretty incredible high floor for him just touching the football. And they're playing the Panthers next week. They're playing the Panthers. Uh, they actually have a pretty good defensive line in a way. But uh, we don't know right now if Damian Williams will come off injured reserve this week. I don't know. I, I feel like maybe not. We, we'll see. So that probably would, you'd probably want to find that out first. The other guy I would consider here is Latavius Murray mm, no. for the Broncos because Mike Boone was in a walking boot on Sunday. and He's on IR. They put him on IR today. Yeah. Oh, he's already got put on injury yeah. reserve? Yeah, just so Nate Hackett said he's going to miss some time, which is not good. So considering that Melvin Gordon didn't even play the third, fourth, or overtime on Monday Night Football a week ago, and then it's not getting that many. Kind of like Latavius Murray is just the starting running back for the Broncos. However, how valuable is like the guy getting the goal line work for the worst scoring team in the NFL? The Broncos have eight touchdowns in seven games. So do you want a touchdown-dependent guy in Latavius Murray? Or do you want a touchdown-dependent guy in Gus Edwards who's on the Ravens? The rule that should supersede all other rules in fantasy football is draft and pick players on good teams. And I don't want anything to do with a running back on Denver. In, aren't they in London this thing. week? I'm, I'm good. This is, this oh, yeah, is they actually, are. You're, you're making me really regret my decision to pick Deontay Foreman. However, the question is, <laughs> would you take Chuba Hubbard over these other guys you're talking about? So if I took, oh, yeah, I forgot if I took Foreman, Honestly, take if I had Hubbard. So to revisit this, the Panthers ran so well last week, I almost think it's easy to forget how bad that offense could be. Like, are we just going to act like the Panthers are good? This is still like a pretty abysmal offense, and I still feel like plugging in Hubbard or Deontay Foreman could make you feel very stupid on a week-to-week basis. Mm. I don't know. Maybe they do end up using those guys even like 60% like they used to. I think I'm going to like, reality, I feel after like- the fact, change my answer to, to uh, guess that words, but Craig already gets him. I'm just going to recuse myself from this. But yes, I agree with this. I think Foreman and Hubbard is still going to be a timeshare on a bottom five offense, which is going to be super tough. And apparently P.J. Walker is going to keep playing. So I guess I would take Algier, but certainly see if Damian Williams ends up coming back. And then I would go Latavius Murray next. However, I do want to flip this exercise for a moment because we're talking mainly about like if you need to plug and play someone this week. If you're not necessarily in this situation or you want to consider more like forward looking like whole season, Rashad White, Rashad White, Rashad White. I know we keep talking about this guy, but like going to say it one more time. The Bucks, Todd Bowles, again, remember like yesterday, Todd Bowles mm-hmm. said, we're in a dark place. <laughs> it was like the old guys have, he more or less said the old guys have to prove they still belong and, and they, the young guys have to prove that they can, like, they can belong to. They say we're going to bench the olds for the youngs. And Rashad White actually played as a percentage more snaps last week than he had the whole year. Yeah, I like that one. I'll, if you're talking about stashing players too, Kyron Williams for the Rams, another good one. Yeah, well, because in, just in case you want to stash like this young running back on a team that isn't capable of running the ball, those are our guys. Because it sounds cool when I'm like, Rashad White led the Bucks in rushing yards. But it doesn't sound cool when I'm like, he had 24 yards. Yeah, but the value is pass catching for both of these guys. Exactly. Uh, the other person uh, that I'm surprised you have not mentioned yet, although maybe he's not included in this you know, uh, group here, is Isaiah Pacheco for the Chiefs. He is. Okay. He's involved. He's 30% rostered at ESPN. No, you're right. I skipped over him by accident. So uh, talking about the, he's also in the group for the guys that, so the Chiefs are on by this week. If you don't need someone for this week, I actually had him above Rashad White. Thank you. Rosaya Pacheco was named the starter ahead of Clyde this week. You didn't really see much from it. Like, even if you don't have Pacheco, someone might cut Pacheco because they pick, maybe someone picked him up because he's going to be starter. Maybe you did. And then he barely played more than Clyde and Jarek McKinnon played more yeah, than Clyde as and usual. Pacheco. Yeah. <laughs> However, I think that when the Chiefs go into their bye, we don't know what's going to happen. However, it's totally possible that Isaiah Pacheco, because he's a rookie, comes out of that with more responsibility because right. they just get to teach him more stuff and he, they get more comfortable with him being like pass protection and all this stuff. So not even just for fantasy purpose, if Chiefs are going to go and win the Super Bowl, they can't necessarily count on Jarek McKinnon, who was out of football for like two or almost three full years with knee issues. 
they can't count on McKinnon staying healthy for this whole run. They do need Pacheco to like be able to do third down responsibilities and pass protection. I kind of do think they install this stuff over the bye. I don't know if that's good, if, if he's going to get the lead role, but on the off chance that Pacheco is just straight up the actual starter after this bye, I would add him as well. Whatever happened to Ronald Jones? Is he still on the Chiefs? He's around. He's been a. Uh, you know what's funny is like I never thought Clyde was that bad. This is a really tough beat for Clyde in his career that he's getting usurped by a seventh rounder. But like every time I watch Clyde, I think he's fine. I don't know why he can't. I mean, he like, did carve out score the most role. points of all these uh, of the three backs this last week. So the snap breakdown was Pacheco got the start. He got thirty one percent of the snaps. Ceh got twenty nine percent of the snaps, and McKinnon got. 40% of the snaps. The touches was CEH 6, McKinnon 4, Pacheco 8. So I don't mm. know. This is a hell of a... None of that's this good. Is just I just hellish. think we're, what you're banking on is that if you come out of the bye, maybe Pacheco just actually has the most touches of any of the Chiefs, like by an actual amount that matters. Because if he's already getting that before the bye and he's a rookie, he might be trending up. So just to reiterate that, I think we're all taking... Well, uh, if Michael Carter's available, take Michael Carter. What about Naheem Hines? Well, that's a whole other discussion with the Colts, but let's get to that in a second. So Michael Carter, if he's there, we all agree that uh, among realistic guys, Gus Edwards is first. Deontay Foreman, less exciting, but probably has a job over Hubbard. You could also take Hubbard. Yeah. Uh, Latavius Murray, who's like now the lead guy on a bottom three offense, as long as Ripian's playing and maybe still if Russ is playing. Tyler Algier for the Falcons. I guess I'll take him over Murray. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if you don't need someone for this week, but you want value, Isaiah Pacheco for the Chiefs, Rashad White for the Bucks, Kyron Williams, the rookie for the Rams, Jalen Warren for the Steelers, because if Najee gets hurt, yep. Samaj Piran for the Bengals, in case Mixon gets hurt, Ty Johnson for the Jets, just in case, you know, if they don't want to give Michael Carter the whole role, Ty Johnson steps up. He was actually pretty productive in a couple games last year. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Name Hines just becomes a different discussion about the Colts, which we actually didn't get into, but the Colts freaking benched Matt Ryan. Yeah. And then it, it, also, it came out in crazy. an interesting order. It was like, Matt, it was Sam Ellinger's going to start over Matt Ryan. And then it was, but Matt Ryan's hurt. And then it was like, yeah, but when Matt Ryan's healthy, he'll still be benched. Right. <laughs> it does, like the injury has nothing insult to do with Insult to it. injury there. <laughs> insult to injury, back to insult. Yeah. The rare I, I, I. Is Matt Ryan going to retire midseason? Like, how do you move on from this if you're Matt Ryan? Dude, it's wild that they're like, you're our starter, you're our guy, he's like a coach on the field. And then they're like, even when you're healthy, you're third behind Nick Foles still. <laughs> DK, what was your reaction when you heard this? I was like, wow, holy shit. All the Ellinger guys, I've stashed him on literally nine fantasy teams in my dynasty teams because just the way that Matt Ryan was playing, I'm like, this is untenable. Like, they can't keep doing this. The other thing I think that's interesting, the part that actually stood out the most to me here is, the contrast between Ellinger, who is a pretty mobile guy, like he was, you know, he's not super fast, but he can scramble pretty well, and he's pretty like thick and tough guy. Um, thick and yeah, tough, thick and tough, rugged, TNT. rugged and tough. He, he he's a cut of the the Taylor Heineke cloth. He bowl. actually is very yeah, like what? Taylor Heineke esque. Um, a little bit of a gamer, a little bit of Where, you know. Do we need a scale for white quarterbacks who can run? Like he's Daniel like Jones in the he's in like the, the Gardner Minshew Taylor Heineke area like short athletic stocky like leadership can grind out leadership. Yard oh, scramble okay. in the fourth quarter if you need them yeah well but really like though that. like the first thing i thought it was like yeah they need somebody who can like get away from the pressure because like they can't keep playing with matt ryan taking sacks and or throwing pick sixes because he's afraid he's gonna take a sack like that was just the the way that their offense was running was like with matt ryan he can't move it's just untenable they, they were just not gonna be able to continue to do that they're three, three, and one. Three, three, and one benching the court. It's also like, I think that, so they met with Jim Irsay last night. The thing I keep thinking about this is a Jim Irsay picture thing. with all this. Yeah. Jim Irsay is the owner of the Colts. And one, Jim Irsay said earlier this year, like seven months ago, he's like, I don't think people understand how much Andrew Luck just like retiring has changed this team. I don't know how many franchises could survive like this 
what was 29-year-old guy, just generational quarterback, just retiring the preseason. And this whole thing, the Matt Ryan thing, I think is just still a footnote on the Andrew Luck retirement shadow on this team. But for this year specifically, like I think these people just might get fired. I think that mm-hmm. this is what happens. Like they just traded picks for, you know, Matt Ryan. This they traded a first rounder for like, freaking Wentz and then moved on from him. Yeah. Like, and then this is like their fourth chance to get a quarter. I think this is Frank Reich and maybe Chris Bauer of the gym too, kind of sensing that they're going to get fired if something doesn't change. As for fantasy, I don't know. Hines, I, I don't get Naheem Hines. It's like Jonathan Taylor exists. I don't think I want Hines, honestly. I also don't think it's going to be volatile. Does this help anybody? Maybe Jonathan Taylor is going to get more work, but like I think this is a this is not good for Michael Pittman. Right. It's not good for for. Well, we might as well skip ahead to wide receivers here because one of the top wide receivers available is Paris Campbell, and I'm curious. Paris Campbell, the classic. If you just like sort by last week, like Paris Campbell had 10 catches last week, which was tied for the most in the NFL with DeAndre Hopkins, and he has 17 catches the last two weeks. So like Paris Campbell. In his career, he was a second-round pick. In his entire career, the best two games of his career were literally the last two weeks. Yeah. So were you interested at all in adding him with Matt Ryan and slash would you still be with Sam Ellinger, DK? Like, where does he rank? Did you have him first or no? I don't have him first. He's second or third on my list, depending on kind of like the vibes. But here's the deal. He's got 23 targets in two weeks. Like, he cannot ignore that. And I think he's definitely worth kind of just picking up to see how it goes. But at the same time, like you said, like you alluded to here, it's like the offense is going to change with Ellinger at quarterback. They're not going to run as many plays. They're almost is certain. It, wait, we have to figure this out now. It's Ellinger or is it Ellinger? I thought it was Ellinger. I don't know. We'll say Ellinger for now. With him at quarterback, like they're just not going to run as many plays. They're not going to pass as much probably. They're probably going to try and uh, have Jonathan Taylor carry the rock a bunch, you know, lean on that part of the offense. However, I will say, like Paris Campbell's role is the short and intermediate area, like catch and run, you know, little dump dump offs over the middle of the field or whatever, like getting him involved with yards after the catch. Like he is in that mold as a receiver. He's very fast. You know, he ran like a four three something at the combine a couple of years ago. I don't know. To me, Paris Campbell's very interesting because I've always thought he was talented. You know, he was a second rounder for a reason. He had tons of speed. Like he outproduced uh, McLaurin in college. Um, you know what I mean? So he's like not like a bad player. It's just he's been hurt his entire career. He's kind of got like the yeah. Rashad Penny career arc going on. Big picture for the Colts. You know where they ranked in completions per game, which is obviously in PPR fantasy a big deal? They were first in completions per game. Matt Ryan was sixth in passing yards per game. This is kind of like low-key, a little like Joe Flacco. We kept talking yes, about him being inflation exactly. for the Jets for the first few weeks yeah. where Joe Flacco just checking down because like Matt Ryan can't get out of the pocket, doesn't want to get hit not playing behind a line as good as it should be. And so just check it out and check down. And then now we live in a world where Paris Campbell had 17 catch the last two weeks. I don't think that that's going to happen when Matt Ryan's gone. So I kind of think Paris Campbell's whole case maybe goes up in dust. And Michael Pittman values certainly down all that. And Alec Pierce probably too, sadly. Hold on. It's Ellinger. Ellinger. Is it really? Yes. Ellinger. According to the NFL.com scouting report. Ellinger. Okay. I'll, I'll take their word. Wide receiver. If they're available, George Pickens, who we've loved for a while. Mm. If he's available, go get top him. 10, Otherwise, top 10 receiver, according to Craig. He is. I, don't, that's, <laughs> I actually don't think that's that hard of a take. Watch him play. <laughs> Just watch the tape. Check the tape. You know why that's a great take is that it will be true eventually, and then Craig can be like, yeah, it's been the whole... It's that meme of the two astronauts looking If you watch all like, of his catches this time. year, he has a higher percentage of highlight catches than practically any receiver in the league. I respect it. That is I true. respect it. Okay, DK, who is your number one receiver? This is kind of going back to the well on someone we've talked about a million times, but Josh Palmer for the Chargers, who has a chance here to be pretty good going forward with Mike Williams. High ankle sprain, could be out multiple weeks. Keenan Allen still hobbles. So he's more of a stash, though. The Chargers Chargers have a bye this next week, but I still think it's worthwhile. You know what I mean? Like just The second you said that, I was like, oh, shit, did I forget Josh Palmer? They're on freaking bye. Well, okay. Should we should we skip Palmer since he's got a buy? I guess this is yeah. to help people. Okay, I think that we should bucket them That's into fine. like That's stashes. Fine. Okay, but just keep an eye on Josh Palmer because he's still rostered in only twenty percent of leagues. But if Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are both hobbled the rest of the year, like he could have a pretty big role. That being said, I'm going to go back and okay, real quick, double check. Giants don't have a buy right next week. It's the Chiefs and Chargers. Okay, so I'm going with Wandale Robinson for the Giants. I also picked Wandale. I did as well. Sweet three way Wandale. Oh, don't say it that way. 
just go right. Your mind is in the gutter, Heifetz. So he had eight targets, six catches, 50 yards. His snap rate, importantly, went up a lot. And I think it's going to continue to improve as we go on. He's basically coming back off of a pretty major hamstring injury that kept him out for much of the first part of the year, right? It was a hammy, right? Yeah. He looks really good. They're scheming him up. They're trying to get, they're manufacturing him touches. Like, Dayball certainly has what you'd think is like a plan to get involved early and often in these games. So to me, especially in half PPR and PPR, he's, you know, trending in the right direction. He could be like the number one guy on their team. And you left out a huge point. Rainbow strip potential next week. Ooh. Playing Seattle. Yes. And, you know, with guys like Paris Campbell, Paris Campbell violates my, my rule. I don't like receivers on shitty teams and shitty quarterbacks. It's awful. And the Giants <laughs> are not a shitty team anymore. And Daniel Jones is not playing that bad. Plus, they're playing Seattle this year or this week. So I like Wandale a lot. Uh, I was wrong. Wandale had a knee injury, not a hamstring. But yeah, also Got it. Daniel Got Bellinger, it. again, fractured his eye socket. I have no idea when he's going to play again. Right. So like he's having surgery Galladay, on it. Yeah. So like Wandale, you know, it's funny. I said Wandale Robinson would lead the Giants in receiving this year or catches. He missed a month. He still might. Like, the Giants still don't have a 200 yard receiver. I kind of think Wando Robinson still could, even though he just didn't play till like two weeks ago, which is kind of nuts. Here's but how I would do it, are. honestly, is is put Wandale in as your number one priority on the waiver, and then if you don't get him, have Darius Slayton as your backup. Because Slayton also looked pretty good. Slayton's good. I should have added them to the list of things that are good. Slayton's good. <laughs> he is good. Okay, so we're all doing Wandale. We need to do the Wandale sh- uh, Robinson showdown time. I like how Heifetz says jazz hands now. He's shaking them. It is the Wandale <laughs> Robinson. Tell you, Jesse. <laughs> Showdown time. Dude, I love everyone. So obviously no one can see us, but we're doing, we're putting our hands up for this. And then Jesse's now slacking us the hands up emoji, <laughs> which is like making my day. I always Shout think about, so I was talking to my friend the other day about how if like you were flying the wall watching people work uh, in the modern era, people who work on their computers, especially in work from home. Like if there was just a camera looking at me from the side, I literally just sit all day and just tip tap <laughs> on my little computer. And just every Monday, three times from one to two, somebody would just see me <laughs> quietly <laughs> putting my hands in the air and shaking. Them. <laughs> uh, work from home is bizarre. It is like, dude, especially like I, ha- I have a cat now, which has been discussed. And sometimes I'm like, what's he doing all day? And I'm like, you know what? My cat's thinking, what the fuck is this guy doing all day? He's just looking at the screen. <laughs> like, what would the greatest generation say of us? If yeah, an alien true. came down and was like, this is what humans do for 60% of their day. And it's just me sitting quietly with headphones <laughs> on. Well, dude, all these futurists and people, I don't also, I don't know how you get that job. But like, you know, people like a hundred years ago, theorizing what machines would do to the future of work. And they all were like, I don't think anyone's going to have jobs at all. No, everyone's going to get to do fun stuff all the time. Like they, people agreed on this. <laughs> that is and, still the prediction for like the next 100 years though. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's like, that's like the stop drafting Travis Kelsey. Cause that's, the, that's like me with George word. Pickens. I'm like, just wait. Same with Claypool. I'm like, eh. all right, this is already a, a tremendous tangent. So it's from Kyle, 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 Kyle. I played Navy football from 2011 to 2015. Nice. You should have done actually Lieutenant Kyle. He's Lieutenant Kyle. Sweet. Well, we're not going to do the Lieutenant Kyle. No Lieutenant no. Kyle. Lieutenant Kyle, okay. yes. Right. Yeah, I, guess I don't think they say the anyway. first name after Lieutenant, though. <laughs> oh, you're right. Not really totally how. messed that up. I don't think that's how the military works. <laughs> Forrest Gump lied to me. <laughs> Lieutenant Dan. Yes. I don't think yeah, that's standard right. operating procedure in uh, the military, but that's just me. All right, Kyle. Sorry for immediately besmirching you. Anyway, Kyle's great email. Craig has been comparing the Bears to Navy for so long. Kyle writes, the longest drive by game clock length in recorded football history, college, pro, anything. I don't know about high school, but college or pro was Navy in the 2004 Emerald Bowl. How much game clock did one Navy drive take up? Wow, what a fantastic question. What an amazing question. (laughs) You could have asked me what the Emerald Bowl was and I'd never come up with that answer either. So full disclosure, I don't know the answer to this, but I have been thinking about this ever since I read the email. And my thing has been like, is it a full quarter or not? I, f- I don't know. I feel like it had to take up. Well, quarter. what is the max? I mean, if, if you used all three downs and went all the way down the field from the one yard line to the end zone, you'd go 100 yards. That would be 30 plays. But, each- but penal- if I could say the word penalties, oh, penalties. in theory could like, Push it back. the drive back. I think it's got to be over a quarter. I'm going to say, 
I'm going to say 18 minutes of game clock. <laughs> Damn it. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was going to say 16 because I feel like it's more than a quarter, but like more than a quarter is crazy. I mean, not to be rude, but I'll just go 19 then because I was thinking 18 also. Damn, you guys sandwiched I'm going to say 16. I've, I've been thinking about this for hours. I cannot wait. Uh, You've been thinking about this question. For, see, this is the, this is what Heifetz does. He's been doing the cheater. math in his this head. Is, cheater. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do you want to go through and make the list? <laughs> Just saying, I, I wouldn't cheat if I did. <laughs> you go make the fucking list. All right. 14 minutes and 26 seconds <laughs> resulted in a field goal. Oh, <laughs> that's great. At least it wasn't like it ended on like a turnover or something like that. <laughs> wow. I just assumed it was a touchdown drive. Three points. I love that. Can you imagine a 14-minute drive and you get three points? It'd be really funny if they kicked it from like the 38. <laughs> they didn't even get like, it. Didn't even get close. <laughs> you know when you you know when you look up at a football game and you're like, wow, it's already the second quarter. Ugh. But like it's like 14 on the clock. Can you imagine being a player and just don't get the ball back? Dude, and you, you know you what else I just thought it. about? The clock stops when you get a first down in college. <laughs> that is so nuts. Long. Wait, it officially included 26 plays and no one had more stats than that. <laughs> That's called matriculation right there, baby. They uh, Banner Society, which is great, wrote about this, and they said if a high school team has topped this, they were unable to find it. That's amazing. Uh, which is crazy because there's a lot of high school football. All right, have you guys? Do you guys know what the Emerald Bowl was? I had to Google this. No, what's the Emerald Bowl? The San Francisco Bowl is an annual postseason college football bowl game. It was the Emerald Bowl from 2004 to 2009, the Fight Hunger Bowl from 2010 to 2013, the Foster Farms Bowl from 2014 to 17. And the Red Box Bowl from 2018 to 2020. So there you go. I, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that's a great question. Okay, so I get Wandale. I feel good about that. And I get the la- I get last here. Damn it. Yeah, you get last. Craig, who do you take second? There's a lot of receivers out there. I'm not going to take Paris Campbell. I just feel like sometimes in the waiver wire, we're like storm chasers just chasing after whichever player <laughs> had the most recent like 10 plus target game. And I, I mean, Michael Cart, Michael Hardman, three touchdowns on six touches last week. Couldn't care less. I really, it does feel like that, right? Like you just, you go back and we're like, who had 10 targets last week? It's whack-a-mole, Craig. It's called whack-a-mole. I am going to go with Donovan Peoples-Jones. Damn you. 20% rostered Great on the one. Browns. This is the third time in four games that Peoples-Jones has, has gone over 70 yards. He's good. It's him and Amari Cooper. Uh, David Njoku just went out. We can talk about Harrison mm. Bryant later, but... It's just those two in this offense, and he's and he's good. He's a you know former five star talent. He's kind of a freak athlete. I like him a lot. Amari Cooper never stays healthy. DPJ, I think I don't know why he's twenty percent rostered actually, but I, I I think this is an excellent pick. I also had I have another guy like near him, but I also think he's super underrated. And there's I, I'm going to give mine right now, which is the guy I was going to do next. I'm Wait, curious. I never got to Zay- Oh, sorry. How dare you, Heifetz? I'm going to go with Slayton, Darius Slayton. Oh, Darius Slayton. Oh, wow. Okay. I was going to say Zay Jones. Yeah, that was my next one. He's guy. still out there. Yeah. Because Donovan Peoples-Jones and Zay Jones are very similar to me in that basically if you just go to whatever platform you're on, you're on and you just go to like all players and you go to add a player and you just sort by targets. You do this on whatever, whatever website you play fantasy on. Just sort by targets. It's And then you look at the roster percentage. It's like 100%, 100%, 100%, 99, 95, 90, 90, 90. And then there's like Zay Jones at like 20. See, it's like 45 targets. And then it's like 90, 90, 90, 90. Like everyone mm. in the range, shout out to Nathan Jonke at Pro Football Focus to point this out. Everyone in the range of Zay Jones is rostered over 50%, mostly over 80. And then Zay Jones just says 20%. He doesn't have downfield targets. That's why. He's not a downfield receiver. Donovan People Jones is a downfield receiver. He's like in theory a boom bust guy, but he actually, Donovan People Jones actually kind of has a high floor and a high ceiling. So I think that's a really good pick, Craig, and also like a super realistic, like is available even in 12-team leagues. I think he's a really good pick. The other guy I would throw out here, and we haven't seen him play yet because it's Monday afternoon, they're playing tonight, is Tyquan Thornton, who I think is going to continue to work his way further and further into the Patriots' like receiver core rotation. Right now, I mean, as of last week, he only played, I think, less than half the snaps, but I think he's going to, it's like Wandale. He's going he's gonna to continue to grow in that. He's, he's got the juice. He's so fast. And, you know, they kind of need some some of that speed, I think, in their offense. So Thornton could continue to play more going forward. I want to hit a few, I guess, I, I guess I think the word is stash guys. Because 
so obviously Mike Williams is hurt, uh, but the Chargers are on by. So as DK mentioned, Josh Palmer is like more of a stash because like, one, who knows how long Keaton Allen can stay healthy. Right. And then two, Mike Williams, you know, if I think it's a high ankle sprain. That's what they're saying. He called it a sprain. Keaton Allen said it was high ankle. It looked about bad. Mike Williams. It looked bad. So yeah, high ankle, for, just to reiterate, totally different. Bill Barnwell's written about, the, written about this, but like ankle sprain, people listening might have sprained their ankle. It's fine. High ankle sprain is nothing like an ankle sprain and it is like career altering sometimes for receivers, depending on how serious. So Josh Palmer's a good stash once he comes back. Jahan Dotson, the Washington receiver, is a good stash because yep. he, he hurt his hamstring, so people are cutting him if you have a bench spot. However, I'm going to categorize these guys as stashes. The Jets receivers, because Corey Davis sprained his MCL. Garrett Wilson, obviously 10th pick in the draft, was really good with Flacco. And Elijah Moore, who went AWOL and was like, I'm not coming to work, but now is back. Corey Davis is hurt. But here's the thing with the Jets receivers. I wouldn't, like, they're not, like, playable because the Jets play the Patriots next week, and then they play the Bills, and then they go on bye, and then they play the Patriots. Jeez. And I believe Zach Wilson, in his only two games against Bill Belichick, has combined for four fantasy points, if I have that cool. right. So, like, if Zach Wilson barely has 200 passing yards against the Patriots, you're not playing against the Patriots, you're not playing against the Bills, so you're not really going to play Garrett Wilson or Elijah Moore to like, Thanksgiving. So I don't know. They're like, even though Corey Davis got hurt, they feel unrosterable unless you're like December upside. Yeah. Let's recap for people. Let's give the recap of like how we would, how we would do it. Number one, Wandale, right? Wandale Robinson. So so George Pickens, if they're out there, right. Rondell Moore for me still, if he's out there also. He's above this threshold. The last week, the Cardinals were so weirdly. They just kept pick sixing Andy Dalton until the game was over, so he didn't get passes. But Rondale Moore is still on that. <laughs> Honestly, like, and then we you all, say Rondale, if Dorch is out there, Dorch. Here, here's the here's what worries me about really? Rondell. They played Rondell outside this last game, like most of his snaps came on the outside because Marcus Marquise Brown is hurt, done for the year, at least done for you know like a month or something like that. Uh, they played the way that they played it is Dorch was in the slot mostly, and Rondell was playing on the outside mostly, and that's why Rondell like disappeared, and Dorch had a touchdown. So just throwing it out mm. there that depending on how they utilize these two guys, like Rondell could be at a real severe disadvantage because he's just not an outside receiver. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe not. Well, there's Rondale, and if we couldn't be more confusing, then Wandale Robinson right. from the Giants are a top pick. We basically are fading Michael Hardman from the Chiefs because it's like when you try to chase the guy with three touchdowns in the Chiefs, you're just chasing the tether ball. It's like just hold on to Marcus Valdez, <laughs> Scantling, and Juju. Uh, we're just ignoring Paris Campbell because again, the Colts. We're just we're saying this is inflation, right? And Matt Ryan is well. I would say no, who's don't the ignore Fed? him. Frank Reich's the Fed. He's definitely not like our top priority, but. Like, I don't think you can ignore 23 targets in two weeks. So the argument for Paris Campbell is he's 25 years old. He's a second-round pick. He's had the best two games of his career. And even if he's not, if he's not fool's gold, you want to add him. I kind of think that if the Colts were number one in completions per game, which is number one in dishing out receptions for PPR, and then now it's Sam Ellinger, I'm kind of like, eh. But you can add him. Zay Jones, weird high floor. Donovan Peoples-Jones for Craig. Like, that's a great one, too. Uh, the Jet, and then Jets receivers are like, you're not playing them for a month, but you can bet on talent. Uh, the Lions also, Amon Ra, because he's concussed. If you need it, if you're all well, down bad, Josh Reynolds. Yeah. You could like, if you need someone for this week, Josh Reynolds has been, the Lions offenses look bad the last two weeks, but like, if Amon Ra's out, Josh Reynolds has been solid. It doesn't sound like Amon Ra's going to be out for very long. In fact, I think Dan Campbell came out and said on Monday today that he wasn't actually, he did not have a concussion. He just was, Okay. Eliminated from the game because the spotter, the independent spotter, saw him stumble, which is the part of that new rule, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. So Precautionary. It sounds like he's going to be back. And then other stashes, if you have IR spots, Van Jefferson for the Rams, Traylon Burks for the Titans, and then just James Williams for the Lions. If you like, already going to make the fantasy playoffs, you could just throw those guys in and maybe use them in December. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. 
Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Tight end. Again, David Njoku got hurt. Travis Kelsey's on by. Gerald Everett's on by. This is one of the more interesting tight end weeks, don't you guys think? Yeah, there's some good ones out there. I'm going to go with Greg yeah. Dulcich for the Broncos, who he's playing essentially really? what we thought Albert O was going to be doing. Um, he ran routes on 70% of the team's dropbacks in the last, last week. Uh, nine targets, six catches, 51 yards. You know, it wasn't a huge, huge output, but he's a big part of his offense. Like his first week, he caught a touchdown. This last week, nine targets. So he's trending in the right direction. He's basically who we thought Albert O was going to be. So I think he's worth at least grabbing to see how this continues to go. So I was going to take Irv Smith for the Vikings. He's like 41% on Yahoo. He's like lower than that on ESPN. I would take Smith over Dul... Dul- how do you say... I always, I always want to say Dulce de Leche. <laughs> Dulce. Uh, I just see Dulce and I'm like, I know where this is going. Dulcich. But Irv Smith, because, you know, the Thursday Night Football, the disaster game with Jawan Johnson had like two touchdowns the Saints tight end. The Cardinals have given up the most catches to tight ends. The Cardinals have given up the most yards to tight ends. And the Cardinals have given up the most touchdowns to tight ends. So I'm just taking Irv Smith because I have no idea which tight ends are going to do anything at any given week. So just give me the team that sucks at defending tight ends. All right, Craig, who do you got? I have Greg Dulcich as well. I, I, I did waffle between Greg Dulcich. I didn't really think about Irv Smith. I also wrote down Harrison Bryant who is the guy who will fill in for David Njoku. Mm-hmm. Also, the other tight end for the Browns, Farrell Brown, also injured and left the game. So Harrison Bryant's all they have in Cleveland. Um, and then the other guy I wanted to toss out, Kate Otten, yeah. who is the rookie tight end for the Bucks. The rule I've been talking about all podcasts, like I like pass catchers with good quarterbacks. You know. Uh, is d- Tom Brady good, though? Despite fucking what Brady's been doing this year. I mean, last night, Mr. Craig Rolbeck told me Tom Brady was bad, so who do I believe? Tom Brady is bad, but <laughs> he is still... <laughs> so you can't have Kate Someone's going to clip that audio. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's like Cameron Brate doesn't seem like he's coming back anytime soon. And uh, yeah, Kate just going to be there. He, you know, he's, not, he's getting like five targets a game and they're going to be throwing a lot. Yeah. Brady is Brady. He peppers his tight ends more than Russell Wilson does or... You know, who knows what Harrison Bryant's going to do in, in Cleveland. So I just think Kate Otten's like a, a kind of a, a high floor play, to be honest. But I'm going to go with Dulcich for the upside. He was a high draft pick. He's a good player. I'm going to stick with Dulcich. I like the Kate Otten. If Irv Smith were in this pool, would you still guys still take Dulcich over him? I would. Really? Because I just look at Dulcich as, again, the Broncos have eight touchdowns in seven games. Yeah. And it's like they're, they're less, less, not to be Mr. Math, less than a touchdown a game. And I feel like tight ends just like, I hope they get a touchdown. So like, it's, I just feel like weird betting on the Broncos to score. It's a at, fair like, point. At, at all. But basically, Dulcich played his first full game this week and he had more targets than Irv Smith has had all season. So I'm wondering if, if it's just <laughs> like the ceiling is a little higher. But I, I, I'm going to stick with Dulcich, but I, you make a good point with Irv. We should clip this conversation and save it for the next offseason when I'm arguing that we should not get rid of the tight end position. Like, you guys should use this against me. Like, remember when we, how much time we spent yeah. arguing Irv Smith versus Greg Dulcich? Okay. Well, you guys can do your Greg Dulcich showdown time. Jeez, that's sad. No, it's not. Dulcich is awesome. It's We've been doing, like, the Evan Ingram showdown time for the past three weeks, so this is relatively a joyous showdown time. Get him up there, DK. Heifetz, prepare your question. It is the Greg Dulcich showdown time. Yeah. He needs a nickname, Dulcich. Dulce de Leche. This is from Peter. Peter. Uh, it's about free will. Okay. okay. Scientists did a study years ago and they put people in a scanner and they asked them to press a button, either the left or right hand, whichever one they wanted to do. Basically, imagine if like your left hand is like going for candy and your right hand is going for like, I don't know, something broccoli. Okay. And you're like, oh, do I want the candy? Stay healthy. Scientists could see, they're scanning your brain while you're doing this. They could see what decision you made before you made the decision. Like, when you did it and you're like, I'll do this. You decided that like before. Uh, they could see your brain deciding it. <laughs> and then your conscious mind is just kind of catching up to what your subconscious mind's decided. Sort of like Inception is, or whatever. Yes. It's, yeah. I, this, I learned all this with Westworld. The question is, how long is the gap in oh, seconds? for fuck's sake. How long is the gap between when you make a decision and when it's you It's in seconds? It's in seconds? <laughs> on a, yeah. So, wow. I'm going to say, I'm gonna say like one. milliseconds. <laughs> yeah. 
it, it, it cannot be any longer than one second. The brain moves so quickly. Can I say, so is it over one second? Can I say less than a second or no? Yeah, you can do that, yeah. Oh, I'm going to say... Let's do it. I mean, DK said a second. I'm going to say... I'm not going to I'm not gonna price this right. You can say 0.99 seconds. I'm going to say <laughs> a half a second. All right. Well, you already decided what you're going to do before. DK. I already said one. Okay. Uh, it's 10 seconds. 10 seconds before... It's an average. Is this 10 seconds before they ask the question or before they tell you? No, no, no. So I, I don't want to totally botch but this Doesn't that imply that, you, you, that all these people spent at least 10 seconds thinking about it? Because a lot of people decide things much quicker than that. So how does yeah, that work? Yeah, yeah. So it's within the study, yes. But the point being that in this, they were able to track what you were going to do before. So this is kind of a, it's kind of a leading question. It's kind of a BS question. I feel like I wasn't prepared properly. <laughs> it's a BS fucking thing. Craig, every every single question. I don't know. They can't all be winners. Impossible man. to answer. I didn't know they were required to wait for a certain amount of time before deciding. All right. You know what? They could have been better. I think the questions are usually. Good. It's an interesting. It's an interesting fact. Peter's heartbroken right now. So what does this tell us about setting lineups on game day? Like we're, it it's means not that whatever you're going to do, you've already decided to do it. So just do it. That's what it means. It means that everything you've like, yeah. you're like, oh, just just do it. But it, you know what's funny decision. is, it, like, practically in reality, it still doesn't change anything for us because we don't know what our brain has decided already. So it still feels like we have free will. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's like living in the matrix. Okay. Well, on that note, you guys get Greg Dulcich. Congratulations. I get Greg Dulcich. Uh, yeah, you get Greg. Congrats. I get Irv Smith. Craig, you get Kate Otten. I want Kate Otten. Yeah. You do. Wow. Washington. I didn't even write him down. Kate, I, so other guys, Evan Ingram. Yeah, he's still out there. You want a weird fact? The difference between like the 20th tight end and the 10th tight end this year is like nine points. There's no difference. It's literally Evan Ingram is like 19th. If he had one touchdown, he'd be like 11. What's funny is that Evan yeah. Ingram is exactly at like him and Zay Jones are just the same thing, but yeah. one's a tight end and one's a Evan Ingram, on the same thing. Evan Ingram, half PPR points, 8.7, 9, 9.9. Like he's he's the Amandoza line for tight ends. Yes. Yeah, he's consistent and he hasn't scored yet and he probably will soon. So Evan Ingram, I like Hunter Henry. We're recording this on Monday. I don't know what Hunter Henry played on Monday night. I would watch him. And if he's good, why not? I don't know. Mac Jones is back. Who knows? He, we'll see. He has more targets and more catches, Hunter Henry does, in those two weeks than he did the first four weeks combined. And then also, we didn't mention Jawan Johnson, who, again, did have like 25 points or something on Thursday. I think Jawan Johnson's like, an interesting one. Just one last thing here is like he's running a ton of routes. He's running around on almost 80% of the team's dropbacks. Like he's running a ton of routes, unlike Taysom Hill, who is more of a running back. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he's definitely interesting. Okay. And then also, I'll just throw out as Craig mentioned Harrison Bryant, who's David Njoku's backup, might be more able to step in for Njoku's role than usual. Not like great, but you know, worth a shot. And then Will Disley and Robert Tanya still exist. You can go for it. Sorry, this is all really sad. Okay, quarterbacks. Mahomes and Herbert are on by. Um, dude, Daniel Jones playing Seattle. Yeah. Craig mentioned earlier, Seattle's just the Mario Kart rainbow strip. Like, Daniel Jones running. I mean, he had 100 yards running last week. That's pretty good. And then if he's gone, Andy Dalton's playing the Raiders. Probably not a ton of people in quarterbacks this week. It's basically just whoever has Russ and then, you know, Mahomes and Herbert. But, like, I think those two guys are solid. Um, and then if you're in a two-quarterback league, yes, yeah, Sam Ellinger for the Colts. Add him. It's crazy it is to say. Uh, defensively, dude, the Colts defense is playing Washington and Taylor Heineke. And then the Washington defense is playing Sam Ellinger. That seems pretty good. <laughs> this game is going to be funny. It's going to be ridiculous. And then the, also because they made the trade. How nuts is it that they're, the Colts and Washington are playing this week. Carson Wentz is hurt, but also like kind of being benched because they'll have to give up a draft pick if he plays too many snaps. So Wentz isn't playing for Washington. And the Colt, and Matt Ryan's not playing for the Colts. It's ridiculous. It's a, a comedy of screw-ups. Jaguars defense is playing the Broncos and Brett Rippian. And again, Broncos have scored seven touchdowns in eight games. Rippian! Six, eight <laughs> touchdowns in seven games. It's, it's ripping. Oh, I see. It, ripping? Is it really? I, that's what you guys corrected me last night. I said ripping. It's it, it, phonetically. It's it looks ripping, like ripping, but I don't think that's how it's pronounced. Actually, can't also, believe it's ripping. I was, got things backward like ten minutes ago. I was talking about the Broncos, and I said seven touchdowns in eight games. It's eight and seven, but it doesn't matter. They're bad at scoring touchdowns. Mm. So Jaguars versus the Broncos. Jags they the Broncos can't score. Raiders versus the Saints. I don't know. I don't know like three picks last week. And they were like kind of weird, but regardless, they're jumbled. And the Titans are playing the Texans. Titans defense is good. Texans. Craig loves the Texans, but sorry. Texans are going to win that game. 
You just know it. Looking at that, you know they're going to win. <laughs> it's just one of those games. All right. That's all we got. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Jesse, for production help. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, Nirvana. Whoa. Big one. I kind of, I, I big, view these, these band selections kind of like the rewatchables now, where it's like one for them, one for me, where, <laughs> you know, Bill will sometimes do like proof of life with Chris Ryan. And that's like DK pulling out some like indie band from Seattle. And then every once in a while, Bill's like, fuck it, we're doing Raiders of the Lost Ark. And that's what DK <laughs> just says, like Taylor Swift. What, wait, are you saying Nirvana is an indie band from Seattle? No, no, no. I'm saying Nirvana is <laughs> no. a big one. Got it. Got it. Got it, got it. Yeah. That's one for the people. He was comparing it to Indiana Jones. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's pretty true. I like to mix it up. I'm not trying to do like some random band no one's ever heard of every single time. Right. Like Stan Getz. Who's so that? you are trying to do that God. sometimes. <laughs> Stan Getz. Stan Getz is like Raiders of the Lost Ark asshole. All right. He's big. Well, he's he's he actually not like Raiders of the Lost Ark. What is the movie equivalent of Stan Getz? No one's ever asked that question. Uh, the first time that I love when you ask questions never been asked before. If Stan Getz were a movie, wow, it's a good one. It's like some one of those like movies that's in black and white and that gets nominated for an Oscar. And it's like foreign film. Bill's best take is that the Oscars should be five years after they come out. I mean, that's kind of what the rewatchables is. Like, we don't do movies that had just come out unless there's like some, you know, extenuating circumstance. But most of the time, Bill wants to wait five years so we can like let the movie marinate and see how it, how you feel about it five years later. Smart. Shape of Water be Get Out. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Shape of Water in theater. <laughs> Fish Man. I didn't see it. I was confused why everyone at the office was doing that like hand motion. I was like, oh, yeah, this thing's. So You're talking about the fish sex? Yeah. She has sex with the fish man. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> no idea how to respond. Me neither. All right, let's go. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye.